You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. I am so glad that we are going to have this conversation on Walk It Out today. I know so many of you have been talking about it on Instagram and on Facebook, just the challenges of dealing with the kids and all their feelings happening right now. So we still have five at home that we're homeschooling, and some days we are doing great. Some days we are having hard days, but we really need to use this time to help our kids deal with their emotions and in turn, help ourselves. Because sometimes when we're a little stressed, it gets our kids very stressed. So I'm very excited about our guest today. Josh and Christy Straub are speakers, authors, marriage and family coaches. They're co-hosts of the Famous at Home podcast. They also have books called Safe House, How Emotional Safety is the Key to Raising Kids Who Live, Love, and Lean Well. Josh and Christy have two fun-loving kids, Landon and Kennedy, and a dog named Cooper, and a baby on the way. So we're going to have to talk about all these things. Welcome, Dr. Josh and Christy. Thank you so much for having us. This is fun. Thanks, Trisha. Okay, so baby on the way, kids at home, homeschooling. How are you guys doing during this time? <laughs> it does like the whole barefoot and pregnant thing. You know, it really is like you know homeschooling while working from home while not having any breaks. Like it really starts to feel like pioneer days ish. Actually, <laughs> I know grocery delivery. Um, that it didn't happen. I'm sure back then. But um, Josh, yeah, we're Josh is not going out hunting and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but we're actually, this has been a sweet season for us. Um, we are about to welcome a baby literally in the next couple weeks. So, um, that's a whole other added, um, I mean, truly a joy, but also it's, you know, a stressor in this climate that we're in right now. Um, and yeah, with two kids at home, um, one, we were actually already homeschooling one, um, is now new to this world. Um, but we have, been, I think we, we kind of joke because we do work together and we do work from home and we were homeschooling one. So we joke, we're like, we have trained for this. We are yes. prepared. <laughs> this, is, this is our time to shine um, and shine maybe. Yeah. Some days and uh, maybe fall flat on our face um, and in tears the next. So that's about how we're doing. <laughs> Well, I am so glad that you're talking, you know, sharing that because, you know, we're thinking, okay, you guys know all about emotions and feelings. You should have it all figured out. And I think, you know, and and again, I'm a homeschooling mom. I've homeschooled for 25 years. So it's not new to us. We're used to being home. I work from home. My husband's in the cloud web security, but he works from home. So I was thinking we should not have a problem at all. Mm -hmm. And there are some days like we just have really hard days. The kids are missing their friends. Our little guy was supposed be doing his baseball season. And so it makes me feel better uh, as a homeschooling mom who's struggling to hear that, you know, there's 
everybody is struggling. Even oh. the, the people that seem like, okay, they should totally have their act together right now <laughs> and be doing completely fine. I think, I think the only grace for, at least for me, I feel like in this season has been really low expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean that I, I am, I, I am a type A achiever by nature and that has not bode well. Um, and it certainly hasn't in this season. And so I've, it has literally been by the grace of God who has just, I feel like it's been a clean out season and, um, he has honestly been remaking me into, um, a, a softer, I think less achievement oriented version of myself where grace is at the forefront. And so I hope that's what has been felt more in our home than ever, mm. um, some days it just, it, it does feel like just a lot of emotion and from me, from them, from the kids, from in marriage, you know, it's, um, it's sort of a pressure cooker and what we've noticed and, you know, just even working with families, um, at just the pleasure and just joy we get to do that and walk alongside so many families is you see this season really has exposed the foundations that were already there, you know, um, right. expose the cracks and the crevices and that might have been there for decades. Um, and it's just exposing those or it's exposed where there has been a really solid foundation built, not perfect, not by any means, any of us, but where it's, it's sort of allowed a season of restoration and healing and, um, connection. So it's been, a. And I think all of us can sort of identify with, you know, on one end of the spectrum or the other, and probably both going back and forth between the two. Um, But it has certainly, I just think, been an exposing season. And I think God's absolutely at the helm getting all the glory for it. Oh, I love that. And I love, I mean, what I just hear is just giving ourselves grace Mm -hmm. during this time. And um, I am right there. I'm totally type A. I I would have the 15 minute schedule figured out for all the kids and what they should be doing. And no one needs that at all right now. Um, And, you know, they're crafting and making stuff and making Mm -hmm. huge messes. And I'm like, okay. It's okay because no one is coming over. <laughs> no yeah. one is going to see all the perler beads and Play-Doh on my dining room floor right now. It's okay. Hmm. And isn't that like somehow I think that's where this season has been sweet. Like you'll see, like I just feel like people, all the pretense and all the polish has been dropped. And mm-hmm. you get to see people's like actual real life. Like it gives me such pleasure to watch people walking around the neighborhood and they're like, pajamas and running shoes like yeah <laughs> just we're at the, all at the place where like we've just stopped trying to impress anybody right now and I think it's just where we should all live I just love it and it's leveled the playing field really and um well you know direct this to Josh I mean I just love seeing like Jimmy Fallon on there with his kids like poking his head as he's like trying to share a joke I mean don't you think that um you know even now people are just really having to say, okay, this is our real life. Even though we're professionals, there's a lot going on um, that we, we have to be real to be able to get through this season. Absolutely. And I think what it does too, is it exposes uh, exactly what Christy said. It, it exposes the cracks in a way of, um, 
you, you see Jimmy Fallon as a real husband, as a real dad. You get to see the behind the scenes and, and you get to see that he's a good husband and you get to see that he's a good dad and that, you know, there, his wife is filming and everything. I just think it brings reality to what we can see as, you know, what Christy said earlier, uh, you know, the grace, it just plays all into that whole concept that, you know, it's easy to compare ourselves to other people and to look at other people's worlds and think that they have it together when the reality is we're all human and we're all mm-hmm. trying to do this thing called life. Uh, and, and we're all, you know, trying to maintain what, you know, the stage that God's given us. And we're also trying to do the best that we can at home as well. And I just think it's really neat. As Christy said, one of the biggest things we have seen is it's almost like two extremes. We've seen families either thriving or we have seen families who are really not doing all that great. Mm -hmm. And, 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 um, and I'm sure obviously there's a lot of the in between, but it's this type of season that when, when you start to slow down and you don't allow extracurricular activities and you don't have all these other things that are, that, that you normally said yes to getting in the way you, now you're sitting and you're looking at each other as a family and going, who are we? And for right. us, we believe that's just a beautiful place to be because you're going to end up there one way or another. And what this is doing is it's putting us all there. And I just think that's a beautiful place to be in. Yeah, I love that. And I really think of this time, for, I, I've chosen to think of it as a gift that we have all this extra time. And so I've taught my girls how to sew. We made aprons the other day. I had a sewing machine that I had bought like two years ago, never got it out of the box because it was just <laughs> one of those things like, I want to do this and never got around. We pulled it out. We made aprons. We've been baking. We've been going on family walks and bike rides. And I, you know, and I have always been one that's tried not to schedule too much. We only let kids do one activity per year, you know, so we could try to protect that anyway. But this time we just seen it as a gift has really made us see like we can enjoy this time together. You know, I, I have a 17 year old in the house. She's going to be leaving soon. I do need to teach her how to cook and how to sew, <laughs> how to do all these things. So really just how we view this time um, is, is helpful, but there are still those days when they're missing out or we've had a birthday party where her friends didn't get to come. You know, there's all the feelings, which I'm so yeah. thankful for your, your book, What Am I Feeling? Um, and the feeling chart. And one of the cool things is when we, after we adopted kids and we started going to therapy, um, this is usually one of the things that the therapist worked on is teaching them their emotions. And I didn't even understand like how big of a thing was, but like one of our little girls, she was five and we first brought her home and she would get hurt like a skinned knee and she would get angry and she would throw things and hit people and be screaming. And, and I didn't understand. And the therapist says, you don't know what happened to her and her biological family. If she got hurt, maybe people laughed at her, maybe people, um, you know, hurt her because they she was bothering them. And I think that's an extreme case. But so many times we just expect kids to know their emotions mm-hmm. and know what flipping in the tummy means, um, which is so funny because we've I've read this book probably three times to my kids. And so my daughter, 12 year old was going around. I feel flipping in my tummy. <laughs> she, was, she brought it from the book. But you know, so many times we just expect like kids should know what they're feeling and they should know what emotions are and know it's like and often adults don't know so just talk a little bit about your book and why you felt this was so important for families yeah so thank you for that and thank you for sharing your own journey with your kiddos what 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 neat stories and you know for me so we wrote or I wrote safe house uh, how emotional safety 
is the key to raising kids who live, love, and lead well. I wrote that book a number of years ago, realizing that parenting was very difficult. And there were a lot of a lot of people who a lot of experts, so to speak, and I put experts in, in air quotes, that you know, you were getting a lot of conflicting information. And and as if parenting wasn't hard enough, it was like, how can we distill this down? Not that we're gonna make parenting any easier. But could it be simpler? Could it be simpler than because I mean, you think about everything that's thrown at you from you you can't even leave the hospital before you have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to immunize your children. Then you have you know should we breastfeed or bottle feed, spank mm-hmm. or not spank, time ins or timeouts. You know because timeouts we're supposed to be doing time ins today, not timeouts. Uh, should we co sleep, not co sleep? And I haven't even gotten into BPA free products, gluten free diets, the whole nine. Like <laughs> it's so stressful to be a parent, and and all the decisions we had to make. And I, and so I took a step back and I said, what if we, what if we started to look as ninety year old grandparents, maybe even great grandparents by that time, and we look back at the generation, what would have really mattered in our kids? Mm-hmm. What would have made the difference? And I started there and I started thinking, what's, what are the outcome? What do I truly desire my children to become as their adults? I want them to respect authority. I want them to, you know, have a marriage that they love and enjoy. I want them to have a career that they thrive in. I want them to, you know, all of these things. And, and I started, I want them to love God. I want them to have a faith that sticks, that it's genuine. And, and every single major outcome that I desired in my kids linked back to one particular factor. And that was emotional safety, that the Mm. environment that we raised our kids in, if we could just raise our kids in an emotionally safe environment, that that was linked to all these major outcomes. And there's a lot of reasons why um, that I go into in in the book, Safe House, and a lot of reasons why that is neurobiologically, the way God desired and wired our brains. Um, But also, if you look at like Proverbs 22, 6, the verse, you know, it says to raise a child in a way that he or she should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Well, that verse is a proverb. It's not a promise, which is one thing we need to pay attention to. But even more than that, it's about the environment we raise our kids in. It's right. all, when, if, if our kids are, feel safe, it's going to be an environment that if they do walk away, they're going to want to come back to you. That when they're old, they're not going to mm-hmm. want to leave. They're going to want to come back. And if we can create that type of an environment, these are the, these are the things research shows are linked to all these outcomes. But then when you filter it through the lens of the Bible, you go, oh my goodness, this is exactly the way God the Father treats us as his children. And so we thought, okay, we looked at this and we said, okay, how can we get this into the hands of parents in a practical way that's not just a parenting book, but is because a lot of parents want to say, hey, what can I do with my kids? What's a practical strategy I can do today? And one of the most practical strategies we can teach our kids from the very beginning of life is to label their feelings, to label their emotions, to put words to what it is they're feeling, and that's the what that's that's what what am I feeling is all about. It's it's a story of Sam and his feelings of anxiety, and he goes to school that day and he encounters a number of different friends who are experiencing a number of different emotions, and the goal really of the book is to put a tool in the hand of a parent to get them to be able to sit down with their kids to teach their kids what it is that they're feeling to label their emotion. And there's a feelings chart in the back of the book. So you can pull the feelings chart out. There's a poster and it's perforated. They can hang it on their wall or the refrigerator or somewhere and point to what they're feeling each day. And what we found is that it's it's got this double whammy effect because it's not just good for the kids to start labeling their emotions. It's also good for the parents too. So so it was a great tool to put in parents' hands to, 
to really show them what emotional safety is, to do emotional safety with their kids without having to spend, um, you know, 256 pages or whatever it was um, describing why it's important and, and how to do it. It's, it's a simple tool to be able to just do it. Yeah. And the book takes, you know, five minutes, maybe seven to read it. You know, they have to stop and look at the puppy and all the things. But I love that, that by the end, yeah, we unfolded the, the poster. In fact, one of the kids said, can we put this in the wall? And I'm like, yes, we can take this out and put it on the wall so that, you know, during our homeschool day or during the day, during breakfast, whenever, we can say, how are you feeling today? And, you know, some of our kids are having good days, some are having hard days, and it's so good to be able to bring up that conversation of what's really going on. And I love what you said about the Proverbs 22.6, and that, you know, I was just studying this last week in my personal Bible study, that train, when it says train up a child, it's actually giving them a taste for what life should be like. And I love that we're giving them a taste of how to be emotionally aware, how to have conversations, how to feel safe in our home. And um, all these little ding, ding, dings are going off in my mm-hmm. head as you're telling this, because it seems like this is the same thing that God has been speaking to me about my own kids. So I just love that. All that has been able to sum up in this sweet little storybook that we can just pull out. Like I said, I pulled it out three different times um, over the last month and read it to my kids. And they love the story. Even the 17-year-old. Like, you know, we're all doing homeschool together. We all do Bible study together. They, you know, no one has complained. Everyone loves sharing about their feelings. And I think it's just important to let them know that it's okay. And it t- we can pause and really figure out what is going on inside us. Yeah. I mean, and it's the pause to figure out what's actually going on. Like that's what as adults, we don't do well. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we're honest, like, especially in this season, I think that's what we've, we've talked to so many people where you realize like, you know, I mean, we're in a, what I think justifiably should be called a crisis because it, you know, it's been put on all of us. It's literally affected, not just our country, it's affected the whole world. And it's confusing. It's confusing. It's novel Mm -hmm. because it's never been you know, done before. This is, this is, no one knows what to expect when it's going to end. And all of those feelings, like that's a really confusing, scary, um, frustrating, anger producing um, place to be. It's like all the stages of grief that you're kind of experiencing at the same time, you know, kids missing out on stuff. We're missing out on stuff. We're having to say goodbye to things without any warning. Um, Like this, it's like, it's just a mixed bag of a lot of stuff, but so often we have been trained and I mean, especially as adults to shut down emotion. Like we just, mm-hmm. you know, we, you ask, you know, Trisha, like, like, how are you doing? We're good. We're good. Like good is not a feeling. Good is not an emotion. Um, right. Nor is busy, nor is, you know, oh, life is full. Like are the answers that we often give, we're never actually communicating how we're feeling. And so, so often we've learned to just numb out feeling. We've learned to just survive and um, sort of stuff that sort of down in the basement, really. And it's like, stay down there, be quiet, because I have to appear like I have it together, you know, that I have. And and yet the emotions that we often, you know, suppress or numb is another good way to say it. Those are the ones that actually have the most power over us. And so, you know, we talk about emotional safety. It's really teaching not just our kids, but us too, that to, to be emotionally healthy is to be able to experience the whole range of emotion 
And that's from, you know, those emotions that we would typically label positive, the ones that we like and the ones that we like to see in our kids and in our home and in our husband. And, um, you know, we, we like those, we like how they feel, but also and equally important is the ability to experience the typically labeled negative ones, the fear, anger, sadness, the ones that we just don't like. And so often we were raised in a home, maybe that, um, some of those emotions weren't allowed Mm -hmm. or they were punished or, uh, minimized, dismissed. And it's just all ways that we have been taught to deal with emotion or we maybe don't even realize that's the way we were kind of trained to deal with emotion. And so this is sort of what we hope, a way for people to relearn that emotion doesn't have to be, it's not a fearful thing and nor do you have to fix it. I think that's the, the next part is like, then people think your kid, you know, presents something to you and it's like, Oh gosh, I have to fix this. Like, I don't know. How do I, how do I make you not sad? How do I make you not angry? Like, I, I don't know. And that's not, that's not our job. And we just get to be, we get to be heard and we get to listen without, expectation. And that's part of the emotional health journey is just to be able to share it without anyone needing to fix it. And, um, and, and just that freedom to, like Josh said, to, to communicate. So to be able to put language to that confusing mixed bag of emotion that's kind of going on inside it, it heals the brain actually. Friends, if your home is like mine, there might be a lot of emotions happening right now. And I have learned from going to therapy with my kids that one of the best ways for kids to deal with their emotions are to write it down. When they can even write down, I am upset or anxious or sad, it moves it from their emotional part of the brain to their thinking part of the brain and it helps them so much. It really brings emotional stability. Even though they're having those hard emotions, it brings emotional stability to them. So I created for my own kids my stay home journals. Now they are sweet journals with these fun, colorful covers. And really the whole point is getting kids to write down their emotions. So it has a date, what's happening that day and how they're feeling that day. Now, because I have kids that like many different animals, there are many different covers. There is turtle and fancy kitty. There's a goat, there's a narwhal, there's a llama, there's two corgi covers because I have a child who is obsessed with corgis. Now you can find all of these in a link in the show notes or just go to Amazon and put in Stay Home Journals Trisha Goyer. They'll pop up. You can see the whole series of 25 different stay home journals that you can use for your kids. They're full color inside. They really are something that you can keep as a keepsake. That's why I did them full color so kids can write at them. They could remember what's happening during this time. They could learn how to process their emotions. And because I'm a homeschooling mom bonus, they are getting writing practice. So I hope you will enjoy the stay home journals. Again, just go to amazon.com and put in stay home journals, Trisha Goyer, and you're going to have fun searching through all the covers and trying to pick out the best ones for your kids. 
And I love how you're saying we don't need to fix it. <laughs> I mean, I just want to pause on that real quick because I think so many times we're like, okay, we need to come up with an answer. And we just had, you know, a conversation with one of our kids and she was upset and she's 17 and she can't do driver's ed and all the things that she had hoped for to be doing right now. And I'm like that. Yeah, that is really that really stinks right now. And I know you had plans, you know, for your, your spring and you wanted to get a job this summer. And, um, you know, it really just makes us sad to think about that. And I was just a couple of days ago, had, it was really just having a hard day, just like slogging through. And I realized like three of the can- the conferences that I was supposed to speak at got canceled. And so mm. I missed, you know, we're looking forward all year to see the other speakers because we kind of like go off and do dinner or, you know, hang out. So yeah. my kids go to these homeschool conferences and they hang out with the other kids and I'm realizing like ah this is what I'm feeling like down about is like we were supposed to be driving to this conference you know this weekend and Mm. prepping for it and I just realized like it's okay like and I just went and laid and read a novel like I have all the stuff I could be doing but let me just you know read a couple chapters of a novel and just let myself be okay not um you know, not trying to make myself happy, but just understanding like this is what is getting me down. And um, later that day, it was just, I think, a gift from God. One of the conference directors um, from a different conference called and like, you know, we're still wanting to do a conference. We're probably going to push it back. And just hearing her voice and like these people are still out there and they're all, all of us are thinking about the conferences and wanting to get together. It just like lifted me up to know there's other people thinking about it. But I think so many times like we think we need to like all of a sudden act happy for our kids and, you know, push that to the side. Or when our daughter's like, you know, feeling down saying, well, the bright side is we're not sick. And, you know, whatever. We had this great pizza that we made for dinner instead of just letting her talk and say, yeah, that is really disappointing or letting myself be just disappointed for a while. Yeah. And that's, I think one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is them seeing us feel Mm -hmm. and, and helping them see, that it's okay to feel those feelings. Um, one of the things that that we want to be careful of is making sure we're doing that age appropriately so that we don't, one of the mistakes we can make is putting too much emotion on our kids mm. where they have to be the ones where they have to feel like they have to take care of us. Right. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we are the adult that, you know, that if we're overwhelmed with emotion, we're overwhelmed with grief, that we're either going to our spouse or we're going to a friend or we're going to a therapist and we're, and we're processing that and that we don't put that burden right. on our kids. But that they do get to see that, sure, I'm sad. And and they do get to see tears that, um, you know, even the smallest thing, I mean, there's a lot of you that might, you know, it was related to, you know, I, I saw a lot of high school graduations mm-hmm. or, you know, a lot of, you know, our daughter, she's in dance and she's missing a dance recital that she, you know, had been preparing for for months. And 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 that was one of those things that I I, I actually – when I realized in Adonami, she'd been practicing this for months and she wasn't going to get to show us, you know, her dance routine and all that. It, I mean, I, I, I cried. I was like, this is sad. Like this, this was something she was so looking forward to. And so, so, but we got to feel those tears. We got to, we got to allow ourselves and, and be okay that this is how God designed us. This is how he wired us. Because if we don't feel those feelings, as Christy was mentioning earlier, our inability to feel those feelings, those negative ones, or if we suppress them, what ends up happening is it's shutting down the opportunity to feel joy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're getting together um, uh, in a couple weeks. We're, what we're doing is we're just going to go ahead and we're going to um, put the um, we're going to go ahead and put together a little dance recital for for our daughter and have her be in the backyard and just, you know, show us her moves and put her little, you know, 
outfit on and and we're gonna we're gonna make it a big deal for her and and you know I hope to buy her flowers and and I want to redeem it mm-hmm. but I think so much of what we have to do is we have to realize that there are expectations that we have in in life you know you were expecting the conferences you were expecting to to go connect with your you know friends and, uh, and fellow speakers and which I totally get and appreciate and um, uh, relate to very deeply um, and 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 at the same time too like we we got to grieve that because we were expecting it. So let's grieve it. And then let's turn that expectation back to how can I redeem this? As you said, you know, uh, you were talking about hobbies that you've picked up and I started picking up, uh, I'm doing some Legoing and I'm doing, I'm learning my teaching myself the piano while I'm in this time. That's because awesome. I just, yeah. I want to find new ways to strengthen my own emotional health. And, and those are ways to be able to do it. Yeah. And I want to go back to the point too, about how um, it's not okay, like to feel like we always have to shut down those emotions. And I grew up with my stepdad, who was a, a Vietnam veteran. And he mm. never talked about it. And he, I'm, I know he had PTSD. But it was like, I always refer to him as the the silent figure and the lazy boy. So he was there. He was watching sports. He, I remember a couple family vacations and he was my stepdad from the time I was four until 18. And so, you know, he was there for most of my childhood, but laughter was very rare. You know, I mean, it was just, he was there, you kind of tiptoe around him and, you know, he would yell if you were too loud or if you were too sad or, and so a lot of those things I remember being in my marriage is like, I can't be loud or sad or happy or, and just learning that it's okay. It's okay to experience those things. And still now, I mean, he's so, he's not married to my mom anymore, but he's so secluded and I'll call and check on him. And it's, it's hard when you see someone who has just shut down those emotions. Um, and you know, just growing up that way, it just, I just like, okay, it is okay to have emotions. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. And Trisha, I'm like, I just, I hope people hear that. And you know, whether they had that, you know, that stepdad figure in their family, I mean, you know, or a very different, maybe there was anger, mm-hmm. maybe there was a lot of, yeah, maybe there was depression or a lot of sadness present. Maybe we all come from very different home environments that unless you lived in it, you, you don't really know what it was like. So we all kind of harbor these sort of quiet um, histories, really, that we are carrying around with us. And it's colored the way we see life now. So just like you said, it colors the way we do marriage, the way we treat our kids. And I think this is such a actual sweet time and a gift of the time because it allows us it's exposing a lot of that stuff because we're not getting breaks, right? We can't get away. There's no getaway. There's no time apart where we can kind of recalibrate. So it's actually showing us a lot of like, why do I get so angry when they this, or why do I like, why is it my daughter's sadness make me like, I just, it it feels so big to me. And so often it's because it's, it's colored by a part of our story. And so, especially, you know, when we're dealing, talking about kids, what, what we often find is that when you have a child that's dealing with, um, say, say anxiety in this season, um, what we can often 
if, if that has been a part of our story in an unhealthy way, maybe it was the volume on anxiety was really loud in our home, or maybe it was completely shut down. Like this is not something you talk about. You just deal. Like it's not okay to be fearful. It's that's not okay. If that's a message that we've received, it's going to alter and magnify the way we respond to our kids' emotions. And when they could just be feeling a regular one of the mill feeling, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just fear. It's just anxiety. But to us, like inside us, it feels so big. And I think if we can allow ourselves to get just a little curious and not afraid of it, because I think so many of us get so afraid that we're like, you know, like I'm going to have to go to therapy for years to figure I don't want to talk. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to think about it. I just want to move on or, or the, you know, the other knee jerk is it's just who I am. It's just the way I am, you know? And, but if we could just get a little curious is what I think one of the most helpful words, because it just allows us to be like, I wonder why. Why is it that that upsets me so much when she's anxious? What is it about that? Because it's often pointing to part of our story. And then it also helps us address our kids' anxiety in a very different way because we're not overreacting or underreacting to it. We're not dismissing it or punishing it or minimizing it, but we can just let them sit in their fear or anxiety. And like we said before, without having to fix it, without having to come in and problem solve it for them, they can just feel a little bit of anxiety and we can talk them through what, you know, yeah, I feel that too sometimes. In fact, you know, and we can share a bit of our story or our history with it. And it takes a lot of the pressure off where we, I think, have put so much on ourselves as parents, as the ones that have to, um, be for our kids what we didn't have or solve for them what wasn't solved for us and it's not our job (laughs) that's God's job that's so good and that's the freeing thing and I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm in therapy session again right now right now but I was thinking about because God brought me this realization to me a couple years ago because you know we have a lot we had at one time 11 people living in the house a lot of noise a lot of loudness and it would just uh stress me out the even if it's laughter, they're goofing off, just the, the loud noise of all yeah. the kids. And I realized because we had to be so quiet around my stepdad, because, you know, it would just, because mm. he couldn't handle that. I'm like, it was just me. I'm like, wait, they're laughing. It's okay. Like, it's totally okay mm. that the kids run around and they laugh. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to get stressed out. And it was me going back to that realization, just like you were saying, like, we have to look back yeah. and why is this thing? Why is my kids laughter making me really anxious or yeah. stressed out right now? And taking like you said, just being curious about going back and thinking about those things and praying about them. And God is so good at, you know, helping and revealing those things. And I think another thing that's super helpful that I found with my kids um, is having them write down, like even just what they're doing in the day and, you know, what they think about it and what they're feeling about it. And I just, I created for my kids and actually just threw them up on Amazon last week, um, stay home journals that they can say like what today is, what they're doing and how they feel about it. And I love that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, they are 
kind of keep a memory of what's happening during this time when everybody's home. They are able to say like what they're thinking about and feeling. And then they're also getting writing practice, which is bonus for us homeschooling parents. You're like, you just think that way. I love it. That's so rich though. And and we don't realize like we underestimate the value of that. We do it for ourselves too. I mean, how often, you know, do you kind of hear tongue in cheek, but you know, you go to counseling, they're like, do you journal? And you know, people kind of make fun of that. It's powerful. It's putting in words what we can't say, what we can't, you know, it's too confusing when it lives inside our own brains. It has to get out either on paper or to a person. Yeah. And I always say, you know, when they're, well, I learned this from all these wonderful therapists, but when they're just in their emotional brain, it that kind of gets stuck in that emotion. But when they can move it to their thinking brain, like even writing down, this is dumb. I can't play with my neighbor. Like it's actually, they're thinking about it and they're totally. able to write it down. And that's, and that's the goal neurobiologically, like what's happening. I call it the binding of the book. Like our brain is desired designed in such a way that we get in that, that right side of the brain, which is the here and now experiential point. It's what I'm feeling right now. It's why our kids can go into such overwhelm and us too as adults. But like when you think of young kids and, and meltdowns and that type of thing, when we try to lecture them in that moment, they're not going to mm-hmm. hear it because they're not thinking straight. But when we can, uh, Christy, when, when I wrote Safe House, Christy came up with the term that parenting isn't rocket science, it's just brain surgery. Mm. And, and part of that is because like, that's exactly what you're saying. When, when we have them label their emotion, whether it's through writing or speaking, it is connecting the left side of the brain with the right side of the brain. And those neurons are wiring together in the corpus callosum, which is the middle part of the brain which is I call the binding of the book. We're helping our kids write their story by allowing them to feel and to put language to that. And it has a calming effect on their brain so that they can think straight. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So after we get off this podcast recording, I'll get your address and I'll send you a copy for your kids. (laughs) Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, you're so kind. Oh, but I've just appreciated this conversation so much. And I just love, I mean, just dealing with, kids or not dealing, helping kids from hard places. Um, I think everything that you're saying is so applicable. And again, I felt like I've gone through a therapy session as Christy reminded me like, oh yeah, I remember I prayed about this and God showed me this because it's so important for us to to take mm-hmm. that time to think about why this is bothering me, what's going on. And then if we could even get a notebook and write down our thoughts, you know, we're connecting, we're binding that book, we're, we're writing yeah. it all down. I think it's so helpful. Um, so we're going to have the links in the show notes to the book, um, well, both books, What I Am Feeling, and then also I'm literally going to go and order Safe House. I have not read that yet. It seems like the book I need right now. It's awesome. Um, But we'll put links to your podcast and everything else that you guys are doing. I noticed I was on your Facebook page. You're posting some great stuff there. So I just appreciate the way you're just helping families and um, just helping us to be able to make the best of this time to use it um, to bring us together to you know build that foundation and I really to bless our families during this time so thank you guys both so much for that oh well, thank you and thank you for all that you're doing and um, we're going to be tapping you pretty soon because we're homeschooling now so. oh yeah I know <laughs> We're going to be exchanging information after this. I just know Christy and I are yeah, going to. We were like going and now we're like, oh, we're, we're, we're swimming going. in the pool. Okay, we're in. <laughs> awesome. I now would love I'm that. <laughs> well, thank you guys. 
Okay, guys, that was such a good conversation. And yeah, after we stopped recording, I talked to Josh and Christy for like 20 more minutes because I love what they're doing. I love what they're sharing. I love that they're helping families know how to bring that emotional safety to homes. And the one takeaway that I think is excellent, I mean, there's so many good things, but the the whole idea of being curious about our our own emotions and then teaching our kids to be curious about their emotions is so good that we don't have to feel like we have to solve it. Um, but we just be curious on why we're upset or anxious or sad. Any of these emotions that we have can help us so much in our homes. And I think especially during this time, it'll help us so much. And as I was thinking about what scripture to use, um, you know, we talked about for sure, train up a child in the way he should go. But I was thinking about our emotions. I wanted to tie it into that. And I came up with Genesis 1.27, which is, So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. And just that first part of God created mankind in his own image, emotions are part of the way God created us. And if we get into the Bible, we could read, there is times God is angry. God is joyful. I mean, we see all the emotions of Jesus, who is God on earth. Uh, I remember when I was little and hearing the Bible stories and it talked about Jesus never sinned. And I thought, well, actually he did because he was angry and he turned over those those tables in the temple when the tax um, when they were taxing and and buying and selling with the temple sacrifices and I'm like he did sin he was angry and I just thought then that anger was a sin I tied it over to anger is a sin but no it was a righteous anger um, Jesus was angry because the people had turned his father's house, a house of prayer into a marketplace. And that was justifiable anger. And I think so many times we do label our emotions or these are good emotions and these are bad emotions, but really just understanding that emotion is emotion and what we do with it can be good or bad. But God created mankind in his own image and emotions are part of that. So that's just the walk it out verse for today. And let me just um, pray for all of us. So God, first of all, I just thank you so much for Dr. Josh and Christy and their family. And I pray for this new baby that's coming, um, that you will just be with them and for the health and the safety of their family. But also, Lord, I pray that you will just bless their ministry, that you will just um, bring the messages that they're sharing into the homes of families that need it, that they will learn how to bring that emotional security in their home to help kids to be healthy, mature adults um, later in life. Lord, I thank you so much for what they're doing, for the ways they are just training and helping parents and helping kids through this book, Lord. And I pray for all of us that are struggling with our emotions during this time. There is so much going on, um, the disappointment and the stress and maybe money worries and concerns about jobs and just things are really hard on multiple levels. I pray, Lord, that we will um, be curious about that and then come to you. I thank you so much, God, that you know our emotions and you're not scared of our emotions or we don't need to feel like we have to hide our emotions from you, that we can bring them to you through the pages of our journal and through our prayer, Lord. And I pray that, um, that we can just do that in healthy ways. And in your name we pray. 
Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. I know that you will love to connect more with Dr. Josh and Christy. We will have all the links at walkitoutpodcast.com for the books, for their podcasts, for all that they're doing. Um, And go and connect with them. Let them know that you heard about them through this podcast and um, let them know what a blessing that this conversation was to you. Also, I did mention those stay at home journals. They are available on amazon.com and I will also have the links to those on the show notes. So walkitoutpodcast.com, you will see the graphic for this episode. And if you click through and look at the show notes, I will have links to the journals. I am having, um, I have a link to a free journal if you want a printable one. It's just it's 40 pages, black and white, a color cover, but black and white that you can print up on your own computer, do with your kids. I would love for you to download a copy of that. The link will be there for that. But also on Amazon, we have lots of journals. And it all started with my kids who all liked different animals. So we have llama lovers and puppy lovers and corgi lovers. There's two different corgi journals. Um, we have uh, kids that love horses and then I have a niece that uh, loved uh, a llama so we have different llama options we have a friend of mine her daughter loved narwhal whales so after a little sailor I created a narwhal and pretty soon people were asking all for all kinds of different animals and so there are over 25 journals that with the different covers for your kids and they're super simple basically it has the date and the what happened today and how I feel about it that kids can get that um Bind the book, like Dr. Josh says, where we can connect that um, emotional part of the brain with the thinking part of the brain. And then bonus, it's a writing practice for all the kids that are home. So again, we'll have the link to all those things, or you just go to amazon.com and you can Google, or not Google on Amazon, search on Amazon for Stay Home Journals, Trisha Goyer, and you'll be able to see all of them there. So thank you so much for listening share this episode with a friend. Maybe you have friends who are struggling with their kids' emotions or their own emotions right now. Send over the link or have them search on iTunes or their favorite podcast app for this episode, Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer. And um, I know that it will be a blessing to them. So have a wonderful day, friends. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.